Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. All right, Avery, so let's start with just this season as a whole. It's been one of the more interesting seasons that I can remember with a multitude of quarterbacks. What has it been like to play wide receiver this season with a whole lot of moving parts? Um, it's been fun uh, to just sum it all up. It's been fun. It's definitely an experience. Um, uh, we haven't had, like, multiple quarterbacks playing since um, Brandon and Ian were playing together um, earlier that season. I believe that was 2018. Um, but, yeah, mm-hmm. so – um, it's been interesting to say the least, but it's also fun. It's still fun. It's fun to see what the quarterbacks can do. They all bring something different to the game, but they're all extremely talented and extremely uh, efficient when they get in. So, yeah, it's been it's been a good time. What's some of the uniqueness of their games from your perspective when a new quarterback does come in? Walk me through the three of them. Okay, all right. Um, Jack's like a stone cold killer. He's cold blooded, so um, he knows he probably has the most knowledge of the three, or he definitely has the most knowledge of the three. Um, he knows the situation. He knows where he needs to go with the ball. So his decision-making and um, the things along that, um, just like diagnosing defenses, being able to know where to go with the ball immediately. Um, then Tyler is super athletic, but he can really throw it too, which I don't think people have been able to see yet. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll, it'll develop as well. Um, over his years, he's still very young, but like we all see his athletic ability, the, his ability to make plays um, with his feet, extend plays um, through the air as well. Um, and then Drew's just the ultimate competitor. Um, he probably hasn't got as much shine as um, the other two, or he definitely hasn't got as much shine as the other two, but he's a baller. The kids can't, can't, the kid can play. Um, he can spin the ball. He puts it in the right place. His energy is very contagious. That's probably the biggest thing that separates him from the other three is his energy. He brings the most confidence, the most swagger out of the group. So whenever he, whenever any of them in, we, we're, we're, feel, we're all behind him. We're super confident that we can still go out there and execute. It hit me with a little bit of buck as a passer that from what you've seen, because there, there are certain moments now and you're starting to see him be able to throw it a little bit more than we had seen. And I, you know, Tommy Reese, when we get to meet with him, he's like, wait, there's, there's more to be more for you guys to see here as far as when he drops back and throws the football. So what have you seen from him? Not as a runner, but as a passer. He can spin it. Just, you know, I feel like you, you've been around football. So, you know, when a guy can just spin it and it just comes out the hands, super smooth, super clean. He's one of those guys. And he also has like a pop to the ball. That makes sense, kind of like quarterback talk. But it's a pop to it to where it's kind of like flying off his hand effortlessly. And he has that. And at such a young age, you see that here. It's like he's making some throws that I've seen. Like he made some throws in fall camp. It was like, whoa. Um, You just see a little bit of that, a little bit of that potential and see like how that could translate into a game and the plays that he can potentially make moving forward. And it's, it's pretty, pretty interesting. So like, I think he, he has a very high ceiling. 
You've been at Notre Dame for a while now, man. Like, I, I just can remember your career in Blossom and now that this big role that you have within the team. How, how has kind of your your perspective shifted now that you're in this leadership position with the team? Uh, completely different. It's it's more of uh, when you first get here, you're looking up to guys. And um, then on the back end, it's the complete opposite where other guys are looking up to you. And it's your responsibility to uphold the standard, your responsibility to lead those guys and be with them or give them whatever you can to help them succeed and go through things. Um, I mean, when they go through things that you probably went through earlier in your career. So um, perspective-wise, yeah, it's just complete. It's like an opposite, a complete, complete difference because, honestly, I didn't think I was going to be where I was at. So I didn't have that mindset at the beginning. Um, mm-hmm. Being able to be here now is just, it's awesome. Who were the guys that you leaned on? Like who was somebody that you looked up to when you were coming up through the program? Um, look up to in what way? Look up to in terms of probably like a receiver. Like who's somebody that you could just go to and pick their brain? You go, man, I didn't think of it that way. And now, now you do. Yeah, Chris Fink, 100%. Uh, still really? to this day, yeah, yeah, Chris Fink is probably one of the, the most genuine people I've ever met. A uh, great guy, great personality, super funny guy as well. But his knowledge of the game. And um, he played this slot before me, learned a lot from him. Um, I admire the way he just went about his his game. It's just, I don't know. It, I feel like he didn't get enough uh, shine when he was here. The kid, the kid's a, he's, 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 he's a beast, man. Like either from running routes, knowing how to run a route against a certain coverage, against a certain look, um, blocking, it doesn't matter. He's smaller than everybody, but he's going to go harder than everybody as well. His work ethic and practice was something I admired, something I try to model my stuff after. Um, so, yeah, Chris Fink, definitely. If I, if, if I ever had a question, or even today, now, if I have a question about anything, I don't hesitate to hit him up. Do, do you, what's he doing these days? What's Fink up to? I don't really know what he's up to. Whenever, <laughs> I, know that whenever I, whenever, like, like we reach out every now and again, and um, when we talk, it's always genuine. It's always a good conversation. So um, I, I need to check in and see what he's doing nowadays. But, yeah, he's one of my yeah. favorite Somebody that really helped me. I, I do too, man. I need to check in on him. We were up in Pittsburgh this past weekend with Claypool, so I got to check in with him a little bit. He's doing all right. He's doing all right up there too. All right. How's your relationship with him? Yeah, uh, it wasn't it wasn't like as close to me and uh, Fink, but it was always it was always genuine. We never had anything um, that was like uh, button heads or whatever. It was yeah. always cool. It was always it wasn't nothing too personal, but it was always genuine and nice. Yeah, yeah. So you're you're from you're from where Texas, right? Yes, sir, Dallas, Texas. So, so how do you grow up in Texas thinking about Notre Dame? You don't honestly. <laughs> well, me personally, I didn't I didn't think too much about Notre Dame until well. I thought about Notre Dame when I played NCAA. Um, so I used to play NCAA, the football game, yeah, all the time. And um, I, I ran with Notre Dame a lot. So that's kind of like where I first got interested into them. That's how I learned who, like, Ever Goshen was, uh, how how I learned who Tommy Reese was. Um, yeah, so Tyler Eifert, guys, guys like that. So that's how I originally learned about it. And then you start to see, oh, they're on TV every week. And I saw them a little bit there. But it never really clicked until – um, I started getting recruited by him. Yeah. And, and so when did you start getting recruited by him and who specifically? Uh, my junior year. Go, going into my junior year, I started getting like, wait, no. I can't, I can't remember. I think it was my junior year. Like after the back end of my junior year, um, Coach Stanford started to reach out to me. Yeah. He's the one who really recruited me. Yeah. Yeah, I remember Coach Sanford. I remember him well. He's, he's a good guy. Offensive coordinator back, back in the day, which has been probably what – about five or so years ago, I would time up with you. Is there, are guys fired up about the NCAA game maybe coming back? Like is, within the team, can you can you feel some excitement? Because I do feel like with the NIL stuff, 
we may get that game again, right? Yeah, yeah. I was really hoping we would get it while I was still in, uh, still in school. But, um, yeah, guys are fired up. That's like – I can't speak for everybody, but I know me personally since I played it so much. That was my dream. Like, I would create myself and put myself on a team, things along that nature. Um, so – or even, like, I don't know if you if, if you play the game. Like, they used to have, like, the, the high school teams and stuff like that. I would run myself on the high school teams, like – People online will upload a roster or whatever. So just like just even that, just seeing yourself in the game is something you always wanted to do. Um, so I guess I got to try to get myself on Madden now because. <laughs> Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The, the sweet thing about if they bring the game back is that names might actually be able to be in it. You know, it used to just be like a jersey number, yeah. but now you might actually be able to use the names if everybody's yeah. getting on the cut, which would be uh, even sweeter. How, how about this USC rivalry? Because USC, this isn't. This isn't a dream scenario for them in terms of their season coming into the Notre Dame game. I got that. You know, let their coach go, interim head coach in the building right now. But just this rivalry as a whole, no matter what, I feel like you could put anybody in a Notre Dame jersey and a USC jersey. It's going to wind up being feeling like a huge game. So this rivalry overall, what does the USC game mean every year? Uh, it means so much. I think at the end of the day, it means pride. This this is a, a game that's gone on for decades. I can't mm-hmm. even remember. I don't even know the year it first started, but I know I wasn't even close to being thought of being born or my mom or mm-hmm. even my grandfather, honestly. Uh-huh. So, um, yeah, so just deeply rooted rivalry, um, deeply rooted competition. I think it's always an entertaining game when we play. So, um, I mean, I'm just looking forward to it. The energy is um, around the building. It's through the roof. We're all excited to play. And just like you said, I feel like you can put any two random people in a Notre Dame jersey and a USC jersey and they'll still be tension. They'll still be, like, energy. They'll still be, like – big things about to happen just because the history of the game. So, yeah. How are night games different? Night games are, night games are special. Um, like sometimes guys get caught up cause it's like later and you got to wait all day just to get to play. But when you finally get out there and you under the lights and you, under the atmosphere, it's, it's really special, especially at Notre Dame. I've been a part of some really cool night games and um, that's, I, it's hard to put in words besides special, like the feeling that you get um, playing at night under the lights at Notre Dame stadium. Usually, I mean, if we're playing at night, it's usually a big opponent, too. So just everything that goes into it is just special. When you get to this point in your career, do you find that you're you're appreciating everything a little bit more? How does the appreciation evolve? Uh, it goes from, man, I can't wait until what's next. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. My next opportunity. Um, uh, well, next year I'll have a better chance at this or uh, next practice I'll do this. And um, now it's like every single moment. I just want to appreciate it. I think I wrote it down in my um, journal the other day, actually. Just you got six more guaranteed weeks is basically what I was saying to myself. Just appreciate every single moment, whether it's a meeting room, whether I mess up on a play, getting coached, criticized, everything that comes with it, making a good play, uh, blocking somebody. It doesn't matter anything about it just because, like, my time is definitely coming to an end. So, like, on the backs, and like, just like I'm saying, and at the beginning, you like, I want to fast forward through this. Like, my red shirt year, I'm like, blur, this sucks. I'm looking forward to next season. Uh-huh. I can't even wait for the spring ball, honestly. Just anything to get me out of my current situation. But looking back then, I'm like, dang, I, I really needed that time. You know what I mean? Like, I needed that. Um, so it's all about perspective. And um, as you grow, 
definitely cherish these times a lot more. And I'm trying to do my best to make the most out of every every situation. And, and when I say that, I don't mean like I'm doing extra. I'm just being aware of what's going on, being aware and being appreciative, you know, for everything that I got and, you know, the opportunities that came my way. That's awesome, man. How, how does your world back home in Dallas, back home in Texas, view this opportunity that you've created for yourself at Notre Dame? I think it's awesome. I think, I mean, including myself, nobody expected it to go this way. Um, but I really, I really felt the love and the support from back home. And uh, nobody batted an eye, really, you know, when I was going through the things. I feel like some people may have been like, oh, well, he just this is another one of those guys that went to college, didn't, didn't really work out. But um, just when I keep keep pushing through and now I'm starting to have success, um, the people that really stuck with me, they see it. And um, it's all genuine. It's all love. So I really appreciate all the love and support I get from back home. When did it sort of click on for you, Avery, when it was like, no, 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 not only can I compete here at Notre Dame, like, I can be one of the featured members of this offense. I can be somebody that they rely on in big moments. Like, when did that that whole switch kind of flip on for you? And you started to believe it yourself. I felt I felt that originally um, just my ability to make plays, not not necessarily in a specific role because I've played so many different uh, roles, but I, I originally felt that when I got switched back to offense my junior year, I believe. So, like, I was that spring – I was playing defensive back in the first game against Louisville. I was on defense. I didn't play, but I was on defense. Um, and then I got switched to offense. And that's when I was like, you know what? I'm about to give it all, my all. Everything I ever got, like, this is this is it. So um, that was it. And that's when I got my confidence because that's when I started making plays. And I'm like, yeah, I really can do this. But the thing was, like, I'm in practice. I already had some sort of confidence, but I never translated to the game because I never, like, executed in the game before. But, like, in practice, I'm like, I'm going against these guys that I know are better than the guys I'm going to play on Saturday, and I'm beating them. So there, you build up a little bit of confidence there and there and there. But it's like, can I do it on Saturdays? Can I do it under the lights? Can I do it when the pressure's called? Can I do it when the coach calls the play? And I know the play's coming to me. Can I still execute it? So <clears throat> when I got my opportunities that year and I started making plays, that's when I was like, yeah, um, I, I can really do this. I didn't know what it was going to be like because I still wasn't really comfortable playing running back. Um, but I just knew that I knew that I belonged on the field and I knew that I could help the team win no matter what situation we were in. How much different actually were those college lights? You know what I mean? Like, because you're used to being on the high school field, the best player every week. Like, how much different is it when you actually are on there, on that Notre Dame field, and it's a packed house, and you're trying to go make those same plays and play at that level? Like, mm-hmm. how how much is that jump really? From high school to college, it's a big it's a big difference. I will say, playing in Texas though, um, I was I wasn't um, I was more accustomed to big games. Like my my high school game, I played in front of like in high school, I played in the playoffs, I played in front of like forty thousand people. Damn. Yeah, so it's a, it's a packed crowd, and it gets pretty loud. So that was a, a blessing, and that really prepared me moving forward. But the thing that got me ready for most for competition was practice. When I got here and saw how we practiced, I'm like, yo, this is completely different from high school. We don't really go hard. We're not going at each other like this. And I'm like, we got to do this every single day. Like, you got to bring it every day against some of the best guys in the country. Like, I remember, like, going against guys like Drew Tranquil and, like, getting rerouted on some crazy stuff. I'm like, whoa. Like, his strength is completely different than what I used to go um, go against at high school. But us being so competitive in practice, us putting ourselves uh, – putting so much stress and emphasis and going hard in practice really helps it be um, easier, I would say, or better or easier in, in the mm-hmm. game because we just go at it in practice. It's real competitive situations, situations that we're going to have in the game. So when the game comes, we're more comfortable in them. So, yeah. Yeah. And that, that competitiveness, man, that's from spring. Then that's in fall camp. That is grinding of those gears. Then you get in the end season. It's a weekly battle. Then you got games on Saturdays. I mean, it's a seven-day-a-week grind. Okay. So then when you finally get that bye week, uh, which is needed for everybody, coaches and players, how do you how do you spend it getting your mind and your body 
rejuvenated? Um, body, you just try not to stress it out. Like, don't go run. You know what I mean? Like, I run every single day. So, like, don't run. Try to rest as much as I can. This year, I went to Chicago uh, with my girlfriend. So, that was just a, a good way to get my mind off football, even though it was still weird because I was in a hotel, which you're in a hotel the night before the game. So, in a way, my body was still kind of, like, getting ready. Like, I couldn't sleep that much uh, that Friday night. And um, I wake up, watch college game day. I'm like, we really don't have a game today. This is <laughs> So in a way, you kind of have to shut it off, but not completely. More, more like turn it down. You know, like that 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 level of being ready to play. You just got to turn it down a little bit. Let your body reset. Let your mind reset, and just just so you can be your best moving forward. Because it's another whole half of the season. Thankfully, our bye week was placed like right in the middle, so like we have a whole nother half. So it's kind of like a reset button. Yeah, that Virginia Tech game was pretty wild too, wasn't it? Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> I mean, I, we 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 didn't have to be that close, but the way we came out of it at the end, it's pretty cool looking back on it. It was. It was special, man. Well, really appreciate you coming on, spending a little time with us. Good luck at USC, and it's great to finally meet to meet you, get to hang out with you a little bit. Yeah, awesome. Pleasure was mine. Yes, sir. Take care, my man. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.